Welcome to the Reticle Up Podcast, where I, Three Gun Kenzie, will be interviewing competitive shooters, hunters, fishermen, archers, entrepreneurs, and outdoorsmen. Come learn with me as I interview people from all walks of life, in different disciplines, all across the world, from novices to professionals of all ages. No matter what, everyone has something they can teach you. So come join me on the journey. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I am here with my friend, Steve Foster. So he is the Steel Target Paint team captain and owner of Creekside Custom Lasering, which is a new business we're going to talk about. So how are you? Good, Kenzie. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm trying It's been a while since I've seen you. I, that's what I was thinking. I think I met you at your house at Georgia State. That is uh, <laughs> where the llama was born. No need to go through all that messy nonsense, but yep. Yep, we'll drop the YouTube uh, link for that video in, in this video. <laughs> <laughs> good times, good times. That was awesome. And you do that every year, right? Like you have a team gathering when the Georgia matches? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this past year, uh, the Georgia State Steel Challenge Championship, they ended up, because um, of the COVID, they ended up canceling it. So we got together at Larry Joe Steele Jr. He's the owner of uh, Steel Target Paint. So we got together at his place over at the World Speed Shoot. Whew, that's a good thing we only get together once once a year. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, those kids too. Oh my gosh, they're more energetic than we are, I feel like. Oh, you, you betcha. You betcha. But you have baby goats, so I just... I, I have, for clarification, I have zero goats. <laughs> People ask me all the time, like, do I hear a goat in the background of that video? I'm like, maybe. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, my wife, I think she's up to... I think when you were here, we had, I don't know, a handful, maybe? At least three. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. We've got, I think, there's <laughs> four babies. So I'm out in my shop right now. Um, in when, <laughs> when I decided to start Creekside Custom, I've got, I don't know, it's about 1,300 square foot shop. And then I went ahead and uh, put in a, a mini split. So it's, uh, it's 72 and sunny year round. And... For some reason, my wife thought this would be a great place to raise babies. And I'm like, what's up with that? So, yeah, so uh, me and my youngest daughter took the four babies out of here for the purposes of the podcast, although that would have added a whole different element to this it's conversation. It's so fun. <laughs> yep, yep. That's awesome. Wow. So I started off nothing like I was going to go with. So, <laughs> <laughs> how's that script going for you? <laughs> it's out the window. <laughs> I'm curious though like um I look at my life sometimes and I think about I didn't plan to be in the shooting sports I didn't plan to have like a business in the industry and run a podcast did you ever ever imagine that you would be in that similar situation not really I know when the first time I shot uh, a rimfire gun which was I was probably four or five years old it just as soon as I touched off that trigger I was like I was hooked I mean it was like adrenaline running through your veins and it's just I don't know I think I was a little bit I don't know I don't know how I can't find the words to exactly describe it but I knew that I had a lot of power in my hand and it just was very humbling and I knew that I you know had the instant gratification of hitting a a tin can out on the fence post and so uh, yeah I was hooked ever since I was I was younger so yeah but to do what we're doing today I mean, you know, there's people even that I work with today that I've known for nine years and I've been shooting competitively for the last, I don't know, six or so, but mm-hmm. people know that I've been into guns, but yeah, it, people that I work with like, you do what now? So <laughs> I, I think that's pretty cool. 
the reactions never change. I don't think. No, they don't. Yeah. And you hear the same lines. I'm not going to mess with you. Right. That's the the big one. (laughs) Yeah. And then I always tell them, well, I won't have to lead you much. And then the conversation turns. I don't know why. (laughs) Or it's I'm coming to your house for the apocalypse. No, you're not. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wait a minute. Can you cook and clean? Then maybe you can. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So like, uh, okay. Back in the day, who taught you actually the shoot tin cans and all that stuff? (laughs) So my dad used to go hunting when he was younger. And so he took us hunting and that kind of thing. He wasn't, I would say a big outdoors person, but he was definitely involved in, uh, in shooting more of the plinking kind of thing. I mean, you know, my first year of competitive shooting, I probably shot more rounds than he did in his entire life combined. Holy cow. But, uh, yeah, so my dad's the one that really got myself and my brother going. And then, of course, we got a BB gun and then progressed from there. I think I was maybe whew, 12 years old or something like that when Santa brought me a Ruger Mark II, which I thought was the coolest thing in the world. And uh, no, I think I was, yeah, well, then I was eight or nine when uh, Santa brought me uh, uh, a Ruger 1022. So those are my uh, first two guns. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And think about it, you still shoot those today. Oh, yeah. And I think that's part of, uh, you know, I think a lot of us end up finding things that, um, you know, reinvigorate maybe our younger side. I originally started to get into shooting in 22. Actually, when I first started shooting Steel Challenge, it was all centerfire. I had a Glock 17L just because I thought it was a little closer to the target, so it would help me out. But uh, then I decided, because I've got two girls. My oldest is 14, going on 18. You know what I mean? (laughs) That's true. You know what I'm saying? She's That's another good. podcast for itself. Oh and then my <laughs> then my youngest one is 12. And so uh, I kind of shifted gears to see if, uh, you know, to be on the more welcoming, inclusive side of, of the sport, to shoot the rimfire stuff, to get them into it. And so my oldest daughter, she travels around with me to most matches. The little one, she's a very good shooter, but she's kind of more of a homebody and it's not her thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's cool. But my oldest daughter, she's found a love for the people in the sport, so mm-hmm. which has been really cool. She is really fun. Yeah. I, I love meeting these next generation. I feel like they're almost, I mean, I don't know them as well, but I'm like, that's like a little sister now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So I've seen you shoot. I remember, oh my God, cracking up your humor. I'm like, oh, you're amazing. You're like, stop it. No, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound like something I would say at all. Not at all. Right. <laughs> but I'm curious, like in the first years that you were shooting, were you always that good or was it humbling? So when I first started shooting local matches is one of those things that I was probably upper third when I started, you know, I'd shoot once every other month or something of our local matches. And, and so it's interesting. Um, the match actually stopped here recently, but, um, my range that I shot at the most was the Griffin gun club, which in terms of steel challenge outside of, you know, the Pyru experience, it, um, I think is probably not too far a distant second because you've got some of the best steel challenge shooters in the country shoot at my gun club or in the central georgia area around atlanta yeah um but it wasn't far until um i started shooting rimfire that i rose quickly to to the top and in 2016 i think my first out-of-state match i went to florida wearing my izod shirt and izod shorts and all that kind of stuff that um I met Paul Dandini, John Suter, and Zach Jones, and a bunch of people that you know we know in the sport today. And um, I won the match um, shooting rimfire rifle open. I think I've told this story before, but 
<laughs> I was sitting down. It, it was crazy. I was sitting down after all the scores are done and this and that. There was a guy. Um, apologize, I can't remember his name. It was Jason something or another. But anyway, I'm sitting across him, and there's like you know 100 people inside waiting for the scores and arbitration period. Mm-hmm. And all you hear hear him is go, "Who the is Steve Foster?" And I'm sitting right across him. I'm like, I don't know what that son of a do. He's like, "There's no way he shot a 72. I think it was a 35 or something." I'm like. Yeah, I think he had an off day. And he looked at me, he goes, are you Steve Foster? I said, yes, sir, I am. He goes, F you. And we all started laughing. And so, yeah, it was, uh, I think I had a natural aptitude um, early on, good high, eye-hand coordination. I think that comes from my years of playing lacrosse. I played lacrosse um, at a pretty high level growing up. And so I think that's that's part of part of it. But, man, I'm telling you what, these kids, the last couple of years, woo-wee. Yeah. Out of control. Yeah. Yep. yep. Now, I wish I was like 18 again. And I didn't have a job and wife and kids, and I could shoot all day. Like, no, nah, I'm just kidding. They, they do a great job. They do. They do. I, you know, it's kind of interesting. You went center fire and uh, 22, and then I know you shoot like PC too. But do you find like it hard to switch back between center fire and rim fire? Uh, not really. I think the biggest difference between center fire and rim fire. And uh, it's one of those things, it's, it's if you want to be like one of the best, if you want to be top 10 in, you know, uh, PCC and Rimfire Rifle Open, those kind of things, you got to practice them. Uh, but that's what's kept me away from centerfire. Like uh, here recently, I was at the Florida Panhandle all eight match. It was a tier two match. Mm-hmm. It, it was crazy because I, I don't shoot ri- uh, centerfire as much, but I won open. I, I won limited and. I won Steel Master, so I was like, "Yeah, that's pretty cool for you know a guy that shoots mainly PCC and uh, and yeah. rimfire." But a lot of it, it's really the draw. I mean, th- these folks that are exceptional centerfire people, because I can transition the gun, maybe not quite as fast, but you know, I can hold my own. But it's really the draw. I mean, I'm losing half a second every single time I pull the gun out of a holster. So if you're losing two and a, two seconds on every stage, and there's eight stages, you know, you're, you're down 16 seconds before you've done anything. And so, but I, I just, I'm classified in all 13 divisions and mm-hmm. I love shooting them all. I just, anything with the trigger, I love, I love pulling the trigger. Absolutely. So was it mostly steel challenger? Have you shot any other shooting disciplines? I actually don't know. Oh, that's a great question. When I first started shooting, I actually shot, uh, it wasn't competitive, but I, um, um, a lifelong friend of mine, he was one of the best trap shooters in upstate New York, and he's the one that got me into shooting traps. So I've never shot competitively, um, which is kind of cool because, you know, it's one of those things. I've got a – there's a gun cl- club over here, South River Gun Club, which holds mm-hmm. a lot of matches. And uh, it was, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago, I broke out my Browning 525 Sporting that I uh, – over and under that I saved, like, forever for. Who knows what that gun's worth now, but um, – yeah, I went o- over there and just a bunch of yahoos and put in some foam earplugs. You know, I didn't have a jersey on or anything like that. Turned my hat a little bit sideways and and started shooting. And uh, when I ran 25 straight from 16 yards, everybody's kind of like, who the – because the community <laughs> over here is a really strong – I mean, like, the shotgunners, they take that stuff serious. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, oh, yeah. It, and then I ran 50 straight, and then it was a, a conversation starter about – so who are you again and why don't you shoot this more often it's like man i'm just out here having a good time but yeah it it was cool but that's where i started and then i started shooting i got a centerfire 
a pistol, then a centerfire revolver, just kind of planking. Then I shot a two-gun match. Or, I'm sorry, it was a run with your brung centerfire match over in Birmingham. I used to live in Birmingham. Okay. Right down the street from Larry and, and Brian Conley. <laughs> and uh, so um, that's where I, I was always a 1911 guy. So I, I saved up my money and bought a Kimber stainless or a gold match too which was cool 45 so yeah yeah so i shot that match and um had some aptitude there and then i moved over here to uh georgia and then a buddy of mine says hey you want to shoot this square gun it's a glock i'm like that is the funniest looking thing i've ever seen in my entire life and what am i supposed to do with that and so he uh he suckered me to go to a gssf match and so i've shot a couple of those and the guy that ran the Griffin um, Steel Challenge matches. His name's Glenn Weber. He's like, hey, you guys like to shoot, huh? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, you think you're pretty good. I'm like, I don't know. I don't like the tone. And he's like, yeah, come to our uh, Steel Challenge match. And so I shot that. And oh, I knew it was a sport for me, that instant gratification. Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, Pendulum became my friend. I did a, you know, a reload on Pendulum first time I shot it, like a lot of people do. Yeah. But uh, that's yeah. when I knew I just, loved i love shooting that so i shot a little gssf shot a lot of steel challenge i've shot uh my first like formalized competition was actually an idpa so <laughs> i've got the vest like most shooters um it, it uh for me at the time it wasn't my thing i mean uh, if i went back to it today i think i would have a lot more fun but uh you know at that time i was just worried about you know always keeping the muzzle in the safe direction all that kind of stuff I've shot a little bit of USPSA. I've shot some production and limited. I haven't shot open, and I shot uh, uh, pro am a couple times, which was oh, that's that's a lot of fun shooting a pro am match. When Dave Savigny ran his over here at South River, that was a good time. But uh, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day that you know I've got to go out because Chris Barrett, he's local to me. He's just over an hour away. He's been shooting uh, USPSA. He's like. Hey Steve, come over here to the dark side. I'm like, man, I got enough. I said, you're, you. I mean, the kid weighs like 125 pounds less than I do, and the kid can move, and you know he can certainly pull the trigger. And I'm like, I'm having fun over here, brother. I'll let you have you and Grant do all that stuff. I see Kenny shooting USPSA. You guys need to go over there and do that a little bit more. But, yep. um, but yeah, I plan to shoot a little, just a little bit more USPSA. There's just so many matches to shoot. It's you know, pick your poison, but. Yeah, so that's kind of oh, rimfire challenge in two, 2016. I think I shot when I first really started. I shot as many rimfire challenge matches, which used to be NSSF, as much as uh, steel challenge. But that, that organization, I don't know for whatever reason, a lot of matches have stopped in the area. Um, so I shot the world match this year, and then two years ago when the last had it. But uh, definitely shoot mainly steel challenge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I like the diversity a lot. And it's funny, I was thinking about the same thing of them, Grant and Chris going over, like, even a two-gun. <laughs> yeah. They're smoking Good place for them. Yeah, but, like, oh, yeah. Field Challenge prepared them for eye movement and um, feedback and target acquisition and, like, all of the things transitioned. So oh, like, yeah. It was, and they're, they're tiny. They're that big, yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. It, and what I don't think people realize is when – when people come over and shoot USPSA and they shoot PCC mm -hmm. and they come over to steel challenge and shoot it. I mean, those guys, I mean, it, it's, it's people don't understand how much time and effort. I know how much time and effort I put into the game and those guys equally have put uh, as much as certainly more in the last year or two years in than I have. 
and uh, there, there's nobody out there that can compete with them um, that shoots U- USPSA and steel, uh, and wanted to cross over to Steel Challenge. I mean, it's not yep. even close. It's, uh, it's it's a it's a pretty different skill set. They can run, they can move their eyes fast, they can move their trigger fast. Now what they're working on, and you know, I had some discussion with uh, at least one of the two of them. It's all about movement, moving in and out of position, and those kind of things, shooting on the move. Because they can they can double tap a target as fast, you know, within the top one percent of those people shoot, you know, PCC in in the country in USPSA. So I think Grant, he finished tenth uh, at PCC Nationals, and uh, Chris Barrett, uh, I think he shot like four USPSA matches going into you know PCC Nationals. He came in twenty fifth, and everybody's like, "Who the heck he is?" I, I'm telling you, those guys, if they get the movement stuff down, <laughs> oh, good luck. Yeah, Game over. Luck yeah, good luck with that. Let me know how it works out for you. Yeah, they're they're fantastic. So fantastic. the age-old debate, uh, I'm curious what your answer is. Do you think iron sights or red dots faster? Ooh, I, I think uh I think that that's a great question. I think for the most part, in most of the disciplines that I shoot, um, it's whatever one you train the most with, like rimfire rifle iron, rimfire rifle open. And uh, Grant proved that at this last world speed shoot, he shot the fastest time ever shot at any steel challenge match ever up until that point. And he did it with a rimfire rifle iron gun. So I think that there's uh, different um, limitations to one to another. Like when I'm shooting a centerfire pistol, I can shoot uh, smoke and hope as an example faster than I can with an open gun or carry optics gun. So I, I think for the most part, for most people, an optic gun's going to be faster but for the best in the world, you know, I, I think it's negligibly quicker with an open gun. But if you practice with it, an iron sight gun can be just about as fast. Yeah. Yeah. I was curious about that. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm faster with irons only because I have not figured out the dot. <laughs> oh, is that right? It moves and it's never not moving. And it's just so hard. Plus, you know, with me and two gun, I have to keep the actual red dot on the firearm instead of flying <laughs> off the <fire. laughs> I saw that. I was going to message you, but I thought you had enough hate DMs out there, so I chose not to. It's too funny. To be fair, to be fair, it's not my gun, and I was borrowing it. Now, since I bought it and I put a second optic on, maybe a third. There you go. Might do a third. Loctite. Loctite's your friend. <laughs> yeah, I use a lot, a lot. I literally have four bottles to the left of me. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Well, let's not get carried away now. I know, but I, I'm thinking about putting red on some of them. <laughs> Ooh. Well, hopefully you're a good gunsmith. I, I, I think wear that stuff out. See what happens. Yeah, right. <laughs> see if I can break it. <laughs> uh, a lot of times too, I was curious. Like people get in steel challenge and they get discouraged about classifications, you know. But I don't know if you want to share about like all 13 divisions, where you started in those divisions, and what it took to get to where you are now. Oh wow, that's that's a tough one. I mean, you know, I, I've shot. Like I said earlier, I'm classified in all all 13. I've shot the centerfire revolver, I think, uh, six stages for both of those. I mean, it's one of those kind of things. I've got a lot of respect for, you know, Michael Poggi and, uh, you know, all those guys that can just run a wheel gun like that. I mean, their their guns are modified to an extent, but they they just, whew, they, they're, they're masters when it comes with it. But, you know, in terms of the other guns, it's interesting because the classification system didn't start until July of 2017. And my first world speed shoot that I shot when I was like, eh, I'm kind of messing around. was in Florida in 2012. 
So I shot production and limited and rimfire pistol open. I think I was like 12th overall in rimfire pistol open. I was like, oh my gosh, that's a big deal because, you know, you had some ballers. Jesse was there. Not a lot of people know Casey Cochran as much, but she could ball. I mean, she was one of the best female handgun shooters in the country, let alone the world. She was absolutely amazing. Dave Savigny was there and, you know, Casey and, you know, a bunch of other folks. And so, um, they had a weird way of classifying. It was kind of like a overall kind of classifications like this brackets grandmaster and so on and so forth. So it was a horrible classification system. And then Zach Jones, um, put together a classification system in July of 2017. And that's where I, it really changed the game. I think with steel challenge, uh, because there was like a place for everybody and they could compete against people that were in their so- same classification instead of going to like a world speed shoot. And yeah, I was like 10th, 11th, 12th or whatever room for a pistol open. And I was still proud of that because I had shot against the majority of those folks before. So I knew what their speed was. <laughs> yep. But if you're Joe blow and from Idaho coming down to shoot that match and you're like, you know, I had to scroll down through the practice scores like, Oh, there I am. Mm-hmm. And you're, you know, it's easily uh, to get to, easy to get discouraged. Yep. But when I classified the first time um, with, uh, rimfire rifle open and rimfire rifle iron. I was a grandmaster right off the get go. The pistols, I think I had to shoot them just a couple times because I, you know, I love shooting pistols, but it's like, you know, which one do you want to really stay, you know, as good, you know, to be competitive at these major matches. Um, and then those were the uh, the next two, and then and then uh, I got I got bit by the PCC bug, and so uh, I ended up. Um, getting classified in PCC, which I think immediately immediately for PCCO was a grandmaster. Now PCCI won a national um, championship. We call it the U.S. Steel Shoot back in, I think, 2017. I think I shot like an 82nd, which was master, but I won. Um, it's interesting. I don't, I may have shot PCCI once or twice since then. And then at the all eight, uh, um, the panhandle all eight, I shot PCCI. And on the new JP five, just because, you know, Hey, what the heck? And I think I set seven out of eight personal bests that weekend. So wow. it's, uh, yeah, you know, I'm a master in carry optics, master in open master in single stack. Um, but I just don't shoot those guns as much, but yeah. yeah. So yeah. It, it took yeah. a little bit of effort. I was really proud when I went from two to four and then to six. And, uh, I think steel challenge overall, um, it's expanded so much. There's people coming out of the woodwork that are like, yeah, I'm a grand ma- I'm a sixth division grandmaster. I'm like back in my day, sixth <laughs> division grandmaster was a big deal, you know, but right. there's a lot of them out there now. It's uh, especially some of the younger folks They're They're killing yeah. it. Yeah. Now in still challenge, if you're a grandmaster PCC, you're not defaulted in the master for the rest of the classes, correct? No, no, you're not. Yep. So would you agree? And <laughs> would you agree? Probably right? That in oh, yeah. say, why the hell can you be a grandmaster in open, but then you're a master in revolver. So you're trying to suck me into this USPSA please, drama, huh? Please tell me about oh, like, you're on steel challenge. Like, There's not a lot of drama. You know, we want to complain about, you know, <laughs> world speed shoot stuff and what we're having. Painting targets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're worried about that crap. We're not worried about any of this other mm-hmm. nonsense. I mean, uh, drama that's going on. <laughs> yeah, I think that it's a little bit um, a little bit strange. I think, I think I heard a podcast the other day where IDPA may be similar to that, 
But um, yeah, I'm, default you if you like place so high in USPSA, then you are automatically in some of them, and then and then they assume you're like master. Yeah, some that's wonky. What's interesting? So I shot in 2012, I think it was. I saw I shot the Georgia State um, state match or sectional match, whatever they call it in USPSA. Mm-hmm. And I think I was like a B class or something, like maybe C class. I don't know, no class. I don't know what it was, <laughs> but I wasn't uh, class that. I, Maybe it was C. Let's say it was C class for the purpose of the discussion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're shooting and there was some good shooters on our squad. And I, you know, I was holding my own. Mm-hmm. This dude gets up here from East, you know, where Tennessee. <laughs> and I think he came in like second overall or third overall in production and beat a litany of, a, and he was a C class shooter, beat a yep. litany of yep. B, A, Master, and most of the Grand Masters besides one or two. And then I, and then somebody had to talk to me like I was a two-year-old to explain how you can sandbag that bad in USPSA. Right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's my experience with, with, with all that. But, yeah, I think the, the good part about Steel Challenge is every match that you shoot, if it's a sanctioned match, it's all a classifier. So can you really sandbag? Not, not really. Not really. Maybe somebody picks up a, a gun and, you know, shoots because I think you need four stages to be classified. Maybe they shoot two or something or not for score or something like that. But yeah, it's, it's tough to hide and steal challenge. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was curious too. I'm glad you went on that. I was curious too. Um, (laughs) she was trying to suck me in people really wanted. I wasn't having it. Um, I wasn't having it, but that's real. That's real. Cause yeah, that's real. Um, going back to the guns though, like in, in steel challenge and stuff, you know, when people start out, it's run what you got. Same with USPSA. So I do like that kind of similarity. Now, what are some things that you've like made uh, custom on your firearms that are functional accessories and that actually help you perform in Steel Challenge? Ooh, I, I think that's a great question. I, I think, and there's a, and I saw the article that you posted on your blog about um, sponsorship. And, and I, let me answer it from that perspective. I think that, um, you know, like the JP GMR 13, I got back in 20 it was either 16 or maybe in September of 17 I think um got the gun and shot it and you know did extremely well with it um but I provided feedback to JP there was three main things that you know I said hey you know you may want to look at this ABC one two three and um and I'll share open and honestly I'm sure they heard that stuff from other people but then the GMR 15 came out and all those items were addressed so I think from uh um specifically one of them was my first uh, couple JPs that I had, uh, my 13 and my first uh, GMR 15 had a 16 inch barrel on it. And sister, when I tell you that thing was heavy, that was heavy Yeah. Um, at the yeah. time, but it was kind of cool. I had a little bragging rights there for a little bit. And I, think <laughs> I can it was hold a gun longer. That weighs more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had shot the fastest time in PCC and steel challenge. For, and I think I held for about a year and a half shooting an eight pound JP. So you know, I was a little bit like, you know, maybe it's steadier on some of the faster ones, but right. <laughs> um, that was one of the pieces of feedback that I offered. And now there's a, I think it's a five and a half inch barrel that has a shroud on it. And that's where all these other folks have stepped in. And, and then, yep. well, who copied who? I don't want to get into all that, but they, uh, you know, that's a, that's a performing enhancing type thing. Yep. And the other thing, I've got a relationship with Wyland USA, Todd, he's a good friend of mine. He manufactures, uh, we work together on designing a compensator for 22s. 
And uh, so that's done extremely well for us. Um, but he had this idea of, you know, there's uh, there was already one or two light lightweight chassis out on the market. But, uh, you know, he asked me, he's like, you know, what's the issue with these chassis? I said, you know, not everybody's five foot nine, 215 pounds and so on. You know, the length of pole as mine. And I got some chubby little cheeks here. And so the risers are not the same. I said they lack adjustability. And so Wyland developed the most adjustable um, chassis out on the market. And. And that's why, I mean, he's having a difficult time keeping up. And now I'm a, I'm a dealer for those guys. And so I'm helping out with that. But that, that, if you go and look at the super squad or, you know, the top 20, 30 people in uh, the top 20 list in steel challenge, I'm not sure if there's anybody not shooting a chassis. I know one person that's shooting an AR a platform, uh, JP, but that's got a lightweight barrel in it. But the rest of them are all shooting uh you know, chassis that are adjustable and those kind of things. So I, I, I think, you know, some of that technology is helpful because it's light, it fits you and you can transition the gun quicker, but that's no replacement for, you know, rounds down range and drive fire. Fundamentals. <laughs> yeah. 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 Let's keep your eye on the dot. Let's try that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but I, I think those couple things are, you know, examples where um, the game has certainly evolved in some of its spent equipment but you can you know i could pick up an all wood gun factory 1022 and still shoot let's just say pretty well better than everybody yeah now <laughs> stop it i'm blushing stop it stop it <laughs> go on keep going <laughs> love it oh my yeah. god <laughs> uh, let me ask you this though are you because i know i am are you a trigger snob a trigger snob yeah it's interesting there are i have met I have met Joel Fishkin. I mean, uh, people that are really trigger stops. I mean, like, oh, well, this is garbage. And it's like, dude, it's like a two pound break. There's just a, a touch of creep. Well, it should be right. Yeah, it, it's uh, I'm not a huge, huge trigger snob. Um, so like my 1022, I shoot Powder River Precision Triggers because I had an issue with a, another manufacturer. Won't get into all that. Um, they come two and a quarter. It's a short take up. Nice reset. Um, but you know what? It's been hundred percent reliable. There's other people that run pound and a half triggers. Do they feel maybe slightly nicer? Yeah, maybe, but when they don't reset and they want to throw them at the safe table, you know how many guns I've bought for a hundred bucks at a safe table? You know what I'm talking about? Stop. I <laughs> oh, know. Yeah. I know. Oh, yeah, I'm at the right time. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, but I would say, you know, my CWAs have amazing triggers in and they're about pound and three quarters. I've got an Errol Lawson. Um, he's a legendary gunsmith out of Florida. I've got, it's got to be like a pound and a quarter limited gun. That that thing's bad, bad news, almost too light for me. Yep. But I would say one of the best triggers, and I've been fortunate, I've got a lot of guns with great triggers. One of the best triggers that I have is in my JP5 that I have. It is, uh, it's maybe just a dash under two pounds, you know being a team shooter with them, you know, they give it a little extra loving than most people. That's cool. But outside of that, I mean, when I got it stock, it was a three pound trigger. It, there's no, there's no pre-travel. It's like right there. Yeah. And the interesting yeah. thing, we're talking with Max Liagrandis on the steel target paint podcast here, not, not too long ago. And he articulated this point probably better than most. It's just not the trigger pull, but it's the reset weight that happens. It actually pushes your finger forward. So it's like you're, you're always putting pressure on the gun to shoot it. And 
you know, like I said earlier, I don't shoot much USPSA. So my splits are like slow. I got like these fat, chunky little fingers. So I only pull the trigger once at a time. You know what I mean? Yep. And so my splits are like 18s or 19s. And there's people out there that blaze it. My JP5, I could shoot 12s, 13s, and 14s all day. And it's because of the trigger. Yeah. Yep. That makes sense. Okay. Your trigger snob when it matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it matters. Okay. You're like, I need okay, that. Okay, put me in that bucket. I see how you are. <laughs> okay. All right, more serious matters. Um, I'm curious, like, if, if Steel Challenge is really more about, like, live fire practice, especially because 22 was a little bit more cheaper. Um, but do you actually like dry fire? Is there dry fire routines as well at that level? Now you're making me feel guilty. I know, right? So, <laughs> so here, here's what happened is I did some dry fire practice. Um, and that's back when I was, uh, had my other house before we moved out here and I was starting to get, you know, pretty good in steel challenge. Um, I've been very fortunate, uh, how well I've done, especially with the amount of practice that I've done, but what I have found in steel challenge specifically, it's a lot of it's dry fire. So about three and a half years ago, my wife and I made a pretty significant financial decision and we ended up, uh, buying a house with some property and, um, that's where the goat farm came from and all just happened to have a beautiful shop and I put it in a gun range. And so once, cause I knew shooting once a month and once every other week and then once a week and then twice a week, I saw my times come down significantly. So I do a lot more, um, live fire practice than, than dry fire. And, yeah. uh, we're fortunate that, you know, I live in Atlanta, so it gets a little cold out, but yeah, you think I've got, uh, yeah, it's uh, I've got some diva guns, but I've got a diva range. I mean, there's like a heater out there. There's a I'm serious. There's a fridge down there. I mean, it's I got a big diva fan. I got a little diva fan. It's like I got lights out there. I mean, it's like a stadium when you turn it on. So. You and Brian Conley are going to be bougie brothers, is now what I've named y'all. So yeah, so yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's- yeah, I've got a picture of being Brian down there. Oh but God, hey, in God. case if anybody's listening, please reach out to Jeff Jones and ask him if he's got a home range. And if you listen to Steel Target Pay podcast, you're gonna think that's funny as heck. <laughs> oh God. Um for people that are getting into shooting, I'm gonna move on with that. <laughs> I'm sure. Jeff, we'll send you hate mail. I like it. For people getting <laughs> into <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Can't Me even- too. For people getting into shooting, um, would would you recommend though them actually like dry firing or doing drills at home as well as live fire though to to increase their skill at least? Yeah, I I think there's a there's a couple things. Um, There's a couple things there. There was um, I how do I even go about this? I think that some of us that have been shooting for a while may take it, it, maybe that's too strong of a statement what i was going to say maybe we take safe gun handling for for granted i do a ton of training which i really really enjoy um but it's i, I think the familiarity with a handgun or with a rifle make sure it's safe in practice you know loaded or i'm sorry unbagging and you know doing some dry fire rebagging like you're at a match i think that's critical and maybe he's not talked about enough because you know well, yeah, we need to talk about, you know, where you stand and oh, that's a bunch of crap. What we need to do is we need to focus on all the safety aspects to shooting. Um, and I'll give you an example. It, and you got to be a best for the sport. And I, I try to, you know, take new people to range all the time because I feel as though it's my job as a shooter 
as a concealed carry person and now I have an FFL, I look at it as my responsibility to teach and train other other people. I don't have infinite amount of time to do that kind of thing, but pick a couple people a year to introduce to the sport. I had somebody reach out to me um, and says, hey, man, you know, uh, you look like you're a big deal. I said, well, I don't know if you got the right guy or not, but found he him definitely out, doesn't know, have the right guy. <laughs> no, definitely not. So he, he found me out on my uh, out on my website. Now, that's bougie, right? That out, is. Out on my, Oop, it works. Back. Marketing works. Yep. That's right. That's right. So he reached out to me. He's like, you know, hey, I'm in the Atlanta area, blah, blah, blah. My son wants to shoot Steel Challenge, and I'm a sucker to help out kids and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I brought him, um, you know, we set up some time and some ammo, and, you know, he didn't have anything he really needed to be successful and went through all that. But him and his son came out to my house, and we went through some safety fundamentals and did some shooting. And, uh, you know, that was back what six eight months ago maybe somewhere in there and uh now his son is knocking on the door of grandmaster and uh and he's on a, a shooting team and he's knocking on grandmaster and so that's really cool because you know i saw him and his dad you know they're both shooting and they brought you know the the wife and the daughter down to you know the florida match and they were out at the beach having a good time and so it was really cool that you know it, and I haven't, again, I apologize. I haven't shot a ton of USPSA, but what I have shot a lot of is Rimfire Challenge and Steel Challenge. It's a very inclusive sport. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. People don't think that we're competitive. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. yeah. We're all competitive, Honestly, but it's just got a different, it's a, it's a different vibe to it, right? It's just yeah, a different vibe. vibe. Yeah, it's, it's a very inclusive, family-friendly, you know, that's why I haven't said the F-bomb 12 times, because I'm from New York, look. When the camera goes off, you know how I, my vernacular is a little bit different. You know what I'm saying? But Right. It, so what, where I was thinking of going with that is that all shooting sports have competitiveness. If you're competing in any shooting sport, you're competitive in all of shooting sports as well. You're good at them or not. But yeah. I feel like the demographic uh, or the uh, language varies from <laughs> discipline to discipline. That's where, like, what did somebody call it? Oh, the country club of shooting sports is still challenge. Oh, okay. Right? It might be, I don't know, but like (laughs) people like me should not be let in sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I did see your uh, face on a poster. I wasn't sure what that was all about. I'm going to talk to you off camera about that. (laughs) You were there too, weren't you? (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Hang on. I've spent enough time with attorneys. I don't recall. I I plead the fifth. Um, That's right. Who? I'm curious. I actually don't know this answer. So whether you want to answer or not or no, has Steel Challenge had very many, uh, I want to say like accidental discharges or negligent discharge into bodies or people or, you know what I mean? I hate to even talk about this because it's like the no hitter. I... I've only heard of two situations in the last six years okay. where they were ADs that um, somebody, um, both of them were drawn from a holster and finger on the trigger while reholstering. So I've heard of those couple. Um, there has been some ADs. Um, I actually had one and it was an equipment malfunction with a trigger back in 2016. Yeah, I was changing mags and um racked one out because i wasn't sure where i was so i racked one out finger off the trigger let the bolt go sent one into the berm so um even i have 
been DQ from a match. And, you know, that's why we focus on all the safety aspects, make sure it's pointed in, in the right direction. Um, I, I think the liability is a little bit less because there's not a lot of movement in Steel Challenge. Whereas in uh, USPSA, certainly I keep up with as much as I can with what's going on. And I've heard of some questionable things, people falling with guns. And we have people, there was a prominent shooter a couple of years ago that fell in outer limits with a gun. And I'm not sure if the gun went flying or not, but um, yeah. You know. The reason I ask that though, is I truly do believe in, from what I've heard at least, that steel challenge is like the safest sport of all of the sports, at least it. From what I've heard, I know like accidents happen or not accidents, I gotta stop saying that, but like negligent things happen in a lot of different sports. Yeah, but I call them incidents. Incidents. Yep. Okay. But I think some of like the foundations are built in Steel Challenge. And I'm extremely proud of Steel Challenge for the safety that they instill in shooters from all ages because it's not about age. Let's just say maturity, but like yeah. I mean, I'm I'm impressed every single time, you know. Yeah, and I, I think that um, I'm not a certified RO, and my hat goes off to people that are, but I've RO'd a ton of shooters at local matches because I believe that, based on my role and position within the shooting sports, that's I believe that's um, a responsibility that some of us more experienced shooters have. And it's, you know, uh, number one, safety. Number two, we're going to have fun. You know, it, it, it is in that order. And no one should ever feel bashful about a gentle reminder. And if somebody's not doing it, like, look, you know, we're all here having a good time, but here's what I need you to do right now. Cause I want you to go home in the same piece or even better condition than what you, uh, than what you came to the range at. So I, I think all shooting sports take it a little bit seriously yeah. uh, or a little, you know, pretty serious. I think the, the barrier of, you know, somebody having an issue is a little bit lower in rim fire challenge and steel challenge again, cause you don't have the moving component. Mm -hmm. So, yep. Yeah. Um, I just think that that was valuable. And I, I think that all locals, no matter what the shooting sport is, is the foundation for what we see at major matches. And the more yeah, lenient yeah. we are at the local, because we think it's just a local, the worse it gets at the major level. So, yeah. And I think to that point for people listening out there, I mean, if you're an RO, whether you're a certified RO or not, or if you're, you know, somebody sitting in the cheap seats, we all have a responsibility to make sure that if there's something unsafe, yeah. we need to address it. And you know, I'm not going to call out people's names, but there's a couple of prominent shooters that I've walked right up to. Hi, I'm Steve, and I need you to put on your safety glasses because we're here at range. And, you know, yeah. some people feel yeah. some kind of way about that. You know, I sleep at night because of it, but, you know, it's not to be a, a jerk or anything like that. It's, uh, you know, generally yeah. care about people because yeah. your life could change in in an instant. I've I've <laughs> at the Florida match, somebody shot me right here. Yeah, yeah, it's about healed up now. But, you know, if that was just a little bit higher and hit me, you know, in the eye and I didn't have my Hunter's HD Gold glasses on to protect me, I mean, that that would have changed my the rest of my life. So Your career. It's, yeah, everything. It's, yeah, it's pretty serious stuff. It is. Um, my buddy shot a steel plate one time and literally popped me right in the lip. I had this fat lip. I'm glad it was a lip, right? Um, but it's so, so that's the story you told the police? That's the story. <laughs> No, Did you Sam, fall down the stairs Sam again? Knows. <laughs> no, Sam knows <laughs> that it was his fault. No. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> but it's just, it's fascinating. <laughs> Blink twice if you feel safe at home. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I shouldn't be left. I'm by myself at home. I need life alert. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, one of those things that goes on your necklace. Don't be at fault. Yeah, you need one of those. I actually do. Christmas that. is right around the corner. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Okay, we've digressed. Let's see. Um. 
Have we? Yeah, a little bit. Maybe not. I think this is fun. <laughs> but, but I want to go back to like new shooters. So safety and have fun. Dry fire yeah. if they don't have the live fire or like access to a range as often. Um, yeah. But, you know, like the other stuff is, can you just give some tips on how shooters can practice the draw faster or practice transitioning faster? Or how do you, does someone learn that for steel challenge? I think um, th- there's a couple of things, especially if you don't have a range accessible to you. And I do a lot of uh, training with folks, and there was somebody that came out of state recently to come down. And, um, you know, they spent good money to come down, all that kind of stuff. My advice to them was, if you don't have access to a range, Go Fast, Don't Suck has some uh, wall stickers. Hey, Bill, what's up? Hopefully you're listening. we got some wall stickers that, that you can use because I'll uh, you know, the recoil impulse. Hey, girl, but that's it right Those there. aren't steel, but some paper ones. Yeah. Free t-shirt coming your way. I have the circles. Oh, I won that on one of his live podcasts. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. But so social if media. You were to, if you were uh, to look at my basement, I've got all the stages set up. Sometimes yeah. I just like to be in the presence of steel challenge stages. <laughs> but um, but a, a lot of it really is tra- <laughs> just kind of soak it in on a daily basis. But a lot of it is um, with Steel Challenge. It's how fast it's it's how fast you can move your eyes and keep your focus. Mm-hmm. Um, there's mm-hmm. a lot of debate in USPSA. Should I really be looking at the dot and people putting tape over their dots and some of that interesting stuff? I'll leave that to them because I don't shoot USPSA. <laughs> What's the best way um, in Steel Challenge? It's it's really a hard dot focus, um, and so anything you can do to train your eye to uh, to see what you need to see before you pull the trigger is extremely important. And a lot of that is familiarity with, with the gun and that type of thing. But, but I would also say the next step to that is if you do make the investment and you have 500 rounds with you, cause ammo is expensive, um, but it is available at Steve Foster shooting sports.com for Ely ammunition. You like that? You yep. like that? That's a good, that's a good transition. It is. There um, you go. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, so if you have, um, if you have limited ammunition, make sure that your practice is purposeful. So whatever it is, and we can, you know, talk hours and hours about how to practice steel challenge, but make sure whatever you're trying to get better at, you're very purposeful in your practice. Don't go to the range and go, oh, what am I going to work on today? Well, apparently nothing besides, you know, going bang and that kind of stuff. Um, So every time I go to the range, I've got a direct intent of what I'm trying to work on. And then I walk away going, yeah, that's right. I killed that or, Oh my God, erase that video. <laughs> I need to get better. You know, oh, some of the movement yeah. stuff, I use video and that kind of stuff because I'm an old fat guy. Um, oh my God. But in order God. to get good at outer limits, you know, yeah. I think my yeah. classified time is like 895 or something like that. But uh, it was a liability with some of these younger guys coming up. They really pushed me to shoot. You know, I'd be lucky if I shot sub 10 and now I feel pretty comfortable, you know, shooting in the low threes and I had some sub, sub threes. But that just doesn't happen by going the range like, well, I'm going to practice outer limits. Well, what is it exactly you're going to practice? Is it your first shot as you transition to your second shot? Or is it the, you know, your movement, make sure you're stable into the box to pick up the fourth, you know, fourth plate or third shot. And can you call that second shot in the first box before moving while not waiting? Oh, for yeah. Down, you know, yeah. You can do the steel challenge shuffle. That's never happened to me. <laughs> yeah, you leave the box. You went, Oh, I didn't hit that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yep. What I'm curious, actually, what is your favorite division to shoot out of all of them? If you had to pick one, that's a tough one. I know. I mean, 
for life. Yeah. You're you're gone. Everything else is gone. You get one. <laughs> wow. It would be a it's a close tie between Rimfire Rifle Open and PCC Open. If I had to pick one, I had unlimited ammo. And uh PNR ammo does a great job for me and I appreciate them. Um I'd probably give a slight uptick to shooting my JP. I, I love that gun. I mean it's uh I'm fortunate to have one of the JP5s or one of the first JP5s and you know I love JP those guys are you know those guys are are great people they've taken care of me over the last uh few years and hopefully I've given back to them and yeah I I I love shooting PCC that's that's my favorite my in terms of guns to shoot though I'll I'll answer this part maybe you know run on a little bit a second way um there's going to be uh, an interview that I did with Brian um, at Metal Madness dropping in the next day or two. By the time this records, it's probably already out. But one of the, the most fun I've had shooting in a while is I shot Rimfire Revolver open. I swear to God, I felt like a little kid. <laughs> so it, it was unbelievable. I've got the gun sitting right here next to me. It is just, I mean, I, I just, I don't know. I guess I kind of felt like a little kid running around with a cap gun playing cops and robbers and it's still challenge, you know, there's rimfire pistol open for my skill level. I wouldn't be competitive with a revolver, mm-hmm. but uh, I'll certainly shoot it in steel challenge. But that's in and it's weird. I shot it extremely well. I, I had very low expectations. I won the division at the match, which I was surprised. But I really, you know, I didn't care. I was just having a freaking riot yep, shooting sure. my little revolver. And then people are like, oh, my God, what's that? Good? So that was even cool, too, you know, so. I know I'm going to show you right now. You didn't even ask me, but I nope, I like it. All right. So it's a it's unloaded. Mm-hmm. So this is my uh, Smith and Wesson six seventeen. It's a ten shot, of course, with a vortex optic on it. Um, it's got uh, my Hogue big butt grips, so I can hold on my big butt here. And uh, this gun is the first first revolver that I ever laser engraved so I'm really super 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 proud of it but this gun here oh my gosh it is it should be illegal to have this much fun shooting a gun is that a modification to the cylinder release like that flap button? yeah yeah okay yep so this is a Hogue extended cylinder release Ooh. yep on this side I've never seen one of those yeah you push it you push it forward that's so nice it pops up yep way easier it's uh yeah, it's pretty it's pretty cool, but yeah, this is uh the first revolver I've ever engraved and but yeah, I had a lot of lot of discussion around it, but yeah, this this gun, yeah, this gun's a riot. That's awesome. And we'll talk about Creekside. We're saving that for last cuz I like to talk about entrepreneurship. Okay, okay. I'll put my guns away. No, you're fine. I think that's great. I think at the end of the day, it's like, shoot, what makes you happy and what makes it fun? Because I mean, truly when I got my Atlas, then I finally enjoyed pistol shooting. I was like, oh, this yeah. was supposed to be fun the whole time and not like really hard work. <laughs> and I'm not sure if we'll talk about necessarily in the pocket. Okay. Since you brought it up, I think the biggest issue that people make in, and it's, I mean, shooting is not an inexpensive sport. I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, this gun, this gun loaded, I mean, like with, engraving everything and you don't need this kind of gun but this is a three thousand dollar gun just say yep. you, know you don't I mean? need this kind of gun yeah, yeah you don't need something you do without the engraving. yes you do though but, oh, yes you do <laughs> of course you do yeah you do 
reach out to me at creeksidecustomlasering at gmail.com. But anyway, um, but I think once you know that you're going to take it seriously, get started with a, um, a Smith & Wesson Victory or get started with a, a Ruger 2245 Lite, 600 bucks or something like that. Maybe do a couple of upgrades. Um, in, in some of those people find reliably, find to be reliable. But what I've seen in terms of trigger pull modifications and stuff like that, if you want to be at, you know, $1,200, $1,300, $1,400 range, mm-hmm. get a Volkortsen, mm-hmm. um, a Mamba, which is the Mark IV. Of course, I'm a dealer there, and you can buy them through me in case you're wondering. Kenzie. This is not a sale um, podcast. No, <laughs> not at all. Don't worry about that. We, we're watching a – we're watching a, a – <laughs> Don't laugh. We were watching uh, a Lifetime Christmas movie. Okay, don't laugh. I was watching it last night. Are you laughing? I'm trying not to. So, and so they panned past this like bus stop, and they stopped. And there was like a big lot sign on the back of it. And it just paused there for no reason. Well, there was a reason. And then the camera went on. I was like, that was odd. That was a really but bad anyway. <laughs> or Or get a Ruger... 1022 spend a couple hundred bucks but once you know that it's something that you're into make the investment because if not there's nothing more frustrating than getting to the line is like hey why don't why doesn't this uh go bang and in and this isn't the sales pitch part part about it but once i really started taking this seriously that's why i shoot ely ammunition it's the best rimfire um ammunition in the world and people say well no it's not i said okay well Ely's got more gold Olympic gold medals than all the other rimfire manufacturers combined. So, hang on, maybe I've got some here in the shop. Oh, hang on, hang on. It's twenty-two. I don't know where I put twenty-two, but there's a thousand somewhere. You've got it. Good deal. Yeah, Ely, and it's affordable. It's affordable. Yeah, it's. It's not bad. It's nine and a half cents or reach out to me. I've got a discount for half a cent off. See, I can't stop selling. (laughs) But, uh, you know, but it's make the investment stuff that goes bang. I mean, you know, yeah, there's stuff out there. I almost said crap, but there's stuff out there that's like, you know, four or five, six cents around. And and some of it's even, you know, some of the stuff that's not uh, that good is even more money than that. But you really have to, if you're going to take it serious, you got to put the time, money and effort into it. Mm -hmm. Um, If not, you'll be frustrated. There's somebody that I was working with here not too long ago that just ordered a, um, a Mamba X through me because during our training session, you know, with travel and my time and all that kind of stuff, it, it's an investment for sure. But, you know, how how much fun was it working on her gun for an hour when we're supposed to be shooting and stuff like that? So it's it's you got to remove those kind of barriers. But at some point and, and do what you can afford. I'm not sitting yeah. here saying that yeah. you need to you know, not feed the kids for a month. Uh, well, that's your choice. No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, not to, to make some of those other sacrifices to, to get good stuff because, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, it must be great to be a sponsored shooter. Yeah, they must have gave you that JP5. Da, 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 da. You know what? My first JP I bought, my first XYZ I yep. bought, my first, you know what I mean? Yep. And similar similar to you, you got you did a great job in that article talking about your Atlas. You bought your first freaking Atlas, right? I mean, and now you've got, you know, you're always there, over there hyping. Oh, yeah. Talk about shameless plugs. Let's talk about you for a minute. Oh, here's my Atlas Gunworks. <laughs> no, I just play with it. <laughs> I love Let's it. Go. And I bring it to every class. But when I say, hey, does anyone want to shoot a 2011? They're like, what's that? Then I go into it. 
Oh, and how much is that? Four grand. Okay. Well, that one at least now it's like six, yeah. but then they're like, yeah. oh yeah, I want to shoot them. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And I have yeah. ammo from Super Bell, but yeah. it runs. The gun runs, yeah. ammo runs, gun runs, ammo runs. Yeah, and it's I I think from a sales perspective because I you know we could do a podcast just on you know the sales side of things and being a brand ambassador and that kind of thing, mm -hmm. but um, I mean how I've sold so many guns for JP and CWA and Magnum Research and the other companies that uh, I represent is I give them some ammo say let's rock and roll yep. and they're like oh my god you're getting me your four thousand dollar jp i said no it's a little bit more than that with that optic so don't drop it but <laughs> it's like better feeling than anything else though in the world like i love shooting my gun but i get a ton of joy when someone giggles or we didn't realize it was that much fun oh, yeah. or believe that they'd ever shoot that firearm in their life i mean because these people that we teach or I, at least i do they might shoot 50 rounds a year and that's it for the rest yeah. of life yep yep so the first yeah. five people that shot my jp5 i video i videoed them and every single one turned around and went, oh, my God. And I'm like, easy now. Give me. All right. Put it on safe. Eject the magnet. Hand over the gun. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It, it's. It's. Yeah. Shooting the CWA. or Yeah. People are just like, oh, my God. Then it's like, okay, how much? How much? And then yeah. it's like, okay, well, you know, I need to save up a little bit. But it's. I had a, uh, a call with uh, a discussion with Chet Whistle, the owner of CWA tonight. We're talking about somebody, and uh, he's like, do you remember blah, blah, blah? I'm like, yeah, back in, you know, a uh, match, where was it, up in Indiana? He's like, yeah. He said, do you let him shoot your gun? I'm like, dude, I let everybody shoot my gun. <laughs> yeah. So that was a year and a half ago, and they had saved up enough to buy a gun a year and a half later. I so love that. Like, love that. Yeah, that's pretty well, and for us, or I mean, shoot, I, I still don't know the steel challenge guns. Like I'm actually still learning about Magnum research and all these firearms that are coming out. So for me, like in, in USPSA and three gun world and stuff, I hadn't heard of a 2011. Like I felt stupid when there was custom guns out there. So yeah. these people are learning faster by us telling them that what's out there, you know? Oh yeah. Do you know how many, uh, well, I don't have as many in my safe now, but I had a safe full of mistakes. I mean, you know, yeah. it, there was a 2245 that I had. Well, let me back up even further. I had a Browning Buckmark, which was like a $300 gun. Oh, I, I started with. 50, I had $1,500 in this bad boy. Different barrel, different comp, different trigger, different hammer, different magwell, different grips, different. Oh, it had to be pretty colors, of course, which uh, that's cool, too. But That is. But, yeah, I had about $1,500 into it, and it still wouldn't run to the level of expectation that I had. And if I would have just bought, you know. There's a difference between a CWA, you know, you're probably talking that two twenty five hundred dollars range, or buy a full quartz in thirteen fourteen hundred dollars somewhere in there. I mean, do what you can afford, but you're going to spend the money anyway. Should yep. just pony yep. up, spend the money, and treat yourself right. You know, life's short; you can't take it with you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right, oh. I'll get off my soapbox. No, I, that's the same thing that I I, I do as well. So yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I was curious to ask, so who's more competitive, you or your daughter? I actually don't know. I think it's you, by Ooh. the way. But, mm. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm stupid competitive. I mean, I've always been competitive at anything. I mean, it's like, yeah, it, it, putting up decorations, I'm going to put up more decorations than you. I mean, it's just like, it's stupid stuff. It's like, I'm going to bring all the groceries in. How do you like that? You know, I just, it's, it's, it's part of me. 
interesting part about my oldest daughter, she shoots, but she doesn't shoot a lot. She's there more for the social aspect, which I still think is cool because I think, you know, she's learning a lot about a lot of stuff, including being around guns and so on and so forth. But the Mm -hmm. one thing that I wish that I had that she has ice cold, she never gets nervous. Yeah. Her first match, her. So I joined USPSA for, um, you know, I got her membership, all this kind of stuff because she was practicing and having good times and was able to talk to boys and all that kind of stuff shooting when <laughs> some of these watches so oh, and you just breezed past that able to shoot talk talk to boys yeah i just kept it moving I yeah can- turned on my blinker and <laughs> hit, the, hit the gas i can tell her from experience it doesn't help but go ahead yep <laughs> so so um i don't even know what the heck i was talking about no, I so <laughs> so we were out practicing so on and so forth which she there was a period of time where she practiced a lot. And she, I mean, her natural ability is, is her potential is really high. I mean, like obscene, like shooting a pistol. I mean, based on how much she shoots, it's like, holy cow. If you like did that and cultivate, cultivate, <laughs> and I even told her, I know a pretty darn good coach that has trained some of the top shooters in USBS. I know a guy that can help you out with this. She's like, nah, I'm just having fun. So we were up at the Area 5 match up in Indiana, I don't know, a year and a half ago or whatever it was, two years ago. And, you know, some of her friends were there and because we call them shooting friends or shooting family. And they said, hey, Vanessa, why don't you shoot and blah, blah, blah. And uh, I'm like, honey, we're at a level three match, not a local match, not a state match, level three match. And I was shooting and of course, Steve Wright and his wife are fantastic people. He's like, yeah, Steve, she can shoot. And I'm like, oh, okay. So she shot. I, I don't even know how I scored or anything. Like, I was so nervous. You know, I'm like, I'm like assistant RO there. I'm like all up in their cool aid like, you know, kind of eyeballing them. And so I know most, if not all, the ROs in, in Steel Challenge from shooting around and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, yeah, Rick, this is my daughter. And uh, this is her first match ever. And he's like, I got her, Steve. No, no, no. I'll be right here. No, no. I got her. You sure? Yeah. So she shot her first match and she had a blast. I mean, it, it's just ice cold. I mean, ice cold when it comes to the fire line. I mean, I'm over there like, oh my God, am I going to do no, that, that, that bad? But she's, she just, yeah, she's, she's a stone up there. She just rock solid. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> now, do y'all, uh, in terms of like sponsors and companies and stuff that you work with, do you two work kind of with some of the same or do y'all have like different sponsors or team members that you're part of you talking about for my daughter yeah for both Vanessa like so I was just interested if like there's separate teams and shooting teams that you're on or really these now kind of yeah no she's she's part of the steel target paint family she's uh um as she calls him Mr. Larry has offered to get her jersey and all that kind of stuff because you know, one of the things that we embody with steel target paint, in whether it's, you know, whichever sport you shoot, um, steel target paint has some of the best shooters in the country. Yeah. Um, at the last world speed shoot, you know, Kenny Nagata cleaned up. Nobody knew who Kenny I was. I shot but, with him on that squad, by the way. And, you know, he's wearing a steel target paint jersey. So, you know, who found that guy? This guy, this okay. humble guy right here. <laughs> saw him out on Instagram. Humble is like the last word. <laughs> What? <laughs> you know, talk about just a little. A little anyway, <laughs> so we got Chris Barrett. I mean, Chris is a multi-world champion. Um, 
and then we've got uh, uh, the Cunningham sisters, Bridget and Emily. They're, I mean, they're world champions. You've got the old guys, Jeff and Kurt, my boys, you know, all sorts of hardware left and right. Um, but that's not really what we, it, it's, it's great to have some of the best shooters in the country, especially steel challenge because steel target paint, if you haven't figured it out, uses a lot of paint on steel targets. So anyway, um, but really I would say first and foremost, we're, we're a family and we support families in the shooting sport. So we've got Kurt and Maria. I actually tell Kurt all the time. We actually, Maria, you're actually Maria. part of the team because yeah. Maria's on the team, you know, yeah. kind of yeah. like, yeah. So if there's no Maria, sorry, Kurt, it's just how it has to be. <laughs> but, um, you know, the Gartmans, which are original members of the team, Matt and Amanda Cowan, which are original members of the team. It's a family thing and which is super, super cool. And, uh, I think what people find is they meet some of these folks that are that are on the team. It's uh, it's, it's you know we're competitive, but I think first and foremost we're out there having a good time. You know we're not shooting for ten, twenty thousand dollars or anything like that. And you know a lot of us have spent a lot of money for some of these silly little you know five six dollar plaques on the wall. But um, that's the competitive side. But overall, we're just more of a family first than anything, and we uh, embody the sport, Second Amendment supporters, and then I think. Next from there, um, it's more about supporting our brands. We, we take supporting our, our brands, and there's uh, joint sponsors that I brought to the table early on in 2016 when, when I flew out to California to shoot the World Speed, show, speed Shoot with, uh, with Larry and brought a bunch of sponsors to the team and uh, started the team. And shortly after, Brian Hunter's HD Gold joined the family, and we welcomed him and introduced him to the shooting sports. And oh, look what yeah. kind of monster that created. Right? <laughs> Yep. Yeah, now he's got the mystery machine. I mean, uh, Brian, are you listening? <laughs> the magical tour man. He told me I'd have to change somebody's life and uh, uh, change somebody's life and do a good deed because I called it the mystery machine. Yeah, we'll find out if he's listening. <laughs> right? Yeah. Good text message. <laughs> oh no, I, I I'm looking at my phone now. He hasn't called yet. Oh, that's oh. so that's hysterical. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's amazing. I'm curious too, like how young have you seen the youngest competitive shooter in steel challenge? Um, I trained, uh, an eight year old that, um, yeah, she, she was really, really good. And, you know, sometimes that's what we see in the sport all the time, whether it's steel challenge or whatever, but you've got some amazing people with amazing potential and it's yeah. a big deal for a couple of years, but Eight's really kind of the, you know, there's been a couple of people that are maybe slightly younger, uh, but seven, eight's kind of the, the threshold, definitely some nine, 10 year olds. Um, there's yeah, a young yeah. lady right now. I think she's like 12, maybe 13. She's tearing it up. Um, that Carly. So, oh yeah. No, yeah. Car Carly. And she's yeah. a sweetheart too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's like, can you, you need help holding up that PCC, honey? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, uh, oh, she's not all quartz in. Iron sights though at the outer limits because I rode her. I was like, "What? Oh yeah, oh my god!" And, and I'm not sitting here saying that there's not awesome junior shooters in every sport. Yeah, but but, but. I, whew, I maybe I need to be more in touch with because that you know I keep a a pretty strong presence out on social media. Yeah. There's some great great junior shooters, but if you look at yeah, just. Yeah, it it it's tough to find people, and some have aged out as junior shooters. Yeah. You know, Grant and Chris. I mean, you know, I think Grant and Chris are probably what twenty one years old, twenty. 
but you know, at 18, 16, 17, 18, they're, they're tearing it up. Um, Cunningham sisters, I think they're both still under 18, maybe Bridget's 18 now. Um, and Kenny Nagata just turned 14, 14. And he was world, <laughs> world champion when he was 13, in case you're wondering. Right. And it's, uh, it's, it's crazy. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I remember hearing the stories of Casey Sabio when he was 13 or four. Well, I think he was 14, maybe or 15 when he won his first world speed shoot. But, uh, you know, it's, we're fortunate to have some fantastic shooters, but I think that they're great people that just happen to be good shooters for sure. Yeah. No, I like that. And on the flip side, I was going to ask you, what's like the oldest competitor that you've seen shoot steel challenge? Ooh, mm -hmm. I don't know. Definitely in their eighties. Um, what were the two? Uh, one of them just recently passed away. Uh, there's two guys here locally. I called them the Muppets. You remember the old Muppets in the movie theater that yeah, are always yeah. kind of on each other? Are that fun. was Jim and Jim and Carl. Um, oh. Jim passed away um, not too long ago. But uh, those two guys, I think they were in their low low 80s. And one of the best steel challenge shooters is Carl out of Alabama. I don't know how Carl how old Carl is. I bet you he's in his low 70s. My man can ball though. Woo wee! Yeah, he's uh, yeah he's he's a fantastic guy and he can roll. Yep, he can roll. Yep. That's what I was thinking about. Like the spread is you've got 72 years, give or take in an age yep. gap. It's for everyone. Everyone can do it. Everyone can be competitive no matter the age. And that's what I love about the sport so much too, because there's not a lot yep. that can do that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Think about three, three gun, 80 year old, eight year old. They wouldn't be able to hold up any gear. <laughs> you got there, right, man. That's I'm tired. Just think about all that running. Expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how cool is it too, like to see the, the kids grow up in the sport, both like on a shooting level, but also on like a personal level, like to see their growth. It's, it's unbelievable because sometimes, you know, you see people across the country and I'll mention them, Cole Bush. I remember seeing him shoot back in 20, was it 17? And I think he was like 14 years old or something like that. And it, we were shooting the World Rimfire match, NSSF match at the time. And I saw that kid shoot, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this guy's going to be a world champion. And Oh, yeah, no, he, he's he got some hardware. I think he's 19. I saw him at this last World um, Rimfire Challenge match. And it's like, dude, you're like 6'5 now. When did that happen? But, no, it's cool seeing some of these uh, some of these youngsters uh, grow up and, and – uh, just the skill level. I remember meeting Chris Barrett like it was yesterday. It was a 2017 Alabama State NSSF match, Rimfire Challenge match. He parked next to me. I'm like, hey. He's like, hey. I said, you shoot? He's like, yeah. So where are you from? He told me, uh, you know, Central Georgia. I'm like, what? I've never seen you before. And then he started coming down shooting steel challenge at uh, the Griffin Gun Club and all that kind of jazz. So it's been great to see uh, Chris really evolve as a shooter. He's uh, He's amazing. And a human. I think that, yeah, it's really neat. Yep. Yep. Hmm. All right. No, he, he probably kicks puppy dogs and takes lollipops from little kids. Now. He's so polite. <laughs> Don't say that. He I actually think that. One of the best, one of the best in the sport for sure. Oh, nice. All right. Favorite spot, favorite topic. Now that we're coming to the end here, uh, I want to talk about, you started Creekside Custom Lasering. Was it this year or was it end of last year? Yeah, so I incorporated it uh, this year, got my FFL, and that was, I'd say, a long process. It was more of the zoning thing. I, You know, you've been to my house. It's out in the country and Hard not a lot go. And I never thought I'd live on a dirt road, but I do. Yep. It's not that long of a dirt road, but 
So there's actually zoning requirements uh, where I live, and that was a three, four-month process. Pretty intimidating, too. Yes. Yeah. So yep. it's been up and rolling um, April, maybe, April, May. So it's been gone a long ways in a short period of time. Well, and you know a lot of people, too. It helps when you've built the growth, the community, the name, and then, yeah, you can start business. And um, yep. All right. What all do you do service-wise? So I originally was very intrigued with the laser engraving side of things. So I've got a, right behind me over here, I've got um, a fiber, a 50 watt fiber laser engraver. And I just thought, oh yeah, I'm just going to engrave some guns. And then, you know, I got the laser engraver and while I was doing research, I'm like, oh, I almost said it. Uh, you need an FFL to do that. I'm like, oh, okay. So you can, without an FFL, you can do non-serialized uh, parts. So like on a, an AR, if you want to engrave something on the upper, you could do that. Um, but uh, even to Cerakote, you need to, you really, for somebody else's gun, you need an FFL. Yeah. So I started the business heading down that path of like, I wanted to do all these cool guns and all that kind of stuff. And what I found is that I haven't done a lot of laser engraving on guns for some reason. <laughs> um, it, it's Probably the number one seller that I have had is I've done tons of challenge coins. I mean, yeah. like tons of challenge coins for matches and stuff like that. And I try to make them affordable because the tough part about the custom side, because I love things that are custom, but typically when you talk custom, it's expensive. I mean, if oh, yeah. you were to have, you know, 50 or a hundred unique challenge coins made, good luck with that. Let me know how many, I mean, you're talking thousands of dollars. It's super expensive. So I've worked with tons of matches. Um, this past year doing challenge coins. I do a ton of knives. I don't have a great example of a knife. Um, I've got one here that, that I was messing around with. Uh, it's kind of, you see that? Okay. A little bit. So like it's got a bunch of, yeah, it's got a bunch of scroll work on it and stuff yeah. like that. And so, you know, of course, Creekside custom and stuff like that. But, uh, I remember the first time I, I took the laser to a $300 plus dollar, uh, Hogue knife. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know what? I should have brought that out. It's still probably one of the coolest knives I ever did. Good. And one of the things yeah. I didn't understand about laser engraving, there's a lot to do with the artwork. I mean, that's so like this, this gun here, you know, it, I didn't design all that artwork. I mean, it's just, <laughs> that's a professional graphic artist that you have to pay money to before yep. you laser. Um, like a tattoo graves. artist. Artists and yeah, is expensive. Absolutely. So I would say number one's probably been um, coins, knives. I've done a fair amount of guns, though. Mm -hmm. But what mm -hmm. I didn't expect is I've got a Cerakote um, operation going here. I've got a, a booth and a whole room on the backside of my shop, an oven, sandblast cabinet. I've done a ton, ton of Cerakote work. And a lot of people figure out, you know, you do laser graving and Cerakote. And then it's like, oh, yeah, I want something Cerakote. I want something bad. You know what? So um, so that's been really big for me. The other thing that I've done, and it's, uh, it's very time-consuming, is I've done a lot of memorial plaques, like a, you know something like a 8.5 by 11. Mm -hmm. uh, I just shipped out four of them the other day that are um, you know, custom laser engraved, as well as uh, pictures. Um, probably one of the things that I'm most proud of, and I'll tell a little bit about him, a good friend of mine, Mike Baker, and you met Mike and Elsie Baker before with Tandem Cross. They're fantastic folks. Unfortunately, Mike lost his son. I don't know if it's been six or seven years ago, but 
but he's been such a strong proponent with metal madness. Um, and I did all the dog tags for the metal madness awards for Ed white. And, uh, you know, Ed said, Hey, you know, Mike and Elsie have been such huge proponents for us. I'd like to do something for Mike. And so they built, I mean, based on the volume of shooters there, they built a whole new house for, for, uh, shooting. And so Ed says, brother, I need a plaque or something. I'm like, Oh my God, I, what are we going to do? And so it's, I saw it. I broke down when I saw it. It's a plaque that's like 20 by 20. Wow, that's wow. it's anodized aluminum. And it's got a picture of his son on it with, you know, this house is dedicated. It's called the Baker house and all that kind of stuff. Whew. Yeah, that was, that was amazing. But it's stuff like that. I mean, you know, unfortunately I wasn't at that match, but there wasn't a single dry eye at metal madness when they, uh, when they saw that black. So yeah, I, yeah. you know, I enjoy doing stuff like that as well. Oh God. Yeah. You're part of family, family memories, shooting yeah. memories and memorials. That's amazing. Sure. So what made you start the business? Was it more of like, I'm already doing this for myself. Maybe other people want to do it or have it. <laughs> That's a great question. I, I've always, you know, people that know me, I've always had flashy guns. I love everything just custom. You know, my my last truck, it, you know, had a lift kit on it, had amp research. That's custom. That, you don't want it to stand out. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, my, and people make fun of me, but um, I do a lot of commuting to and from work. And so I got rid of my Toyota Camry. And so I, I bought a 2021 Ford EcoBoost four-cylinder Mustang at like 310 horsepower and you know it wasn't a super expensive car but I told my wife I'm you know I'm going to customize it so of course tended the windows and new exhaust and Roush intake and now it's got a tune so it's over 400 horsepower right now and it's like well it's like why do you need that <laughs> just because you know yeah, you I, can. So I, I love I love everything um absolutely custom a good friend of mine Kurt Grimes that I mentioned is one of the best artist painters that I've ever seen. You know, he, he talked a little bit on Brian's podcast about you know him and his, uh, he, I, well, he was on uh, overhauling, painting Chip Foo's cars and stuff like that. And so he did two uh, custom stocks for me. And uh, I mean, just, it, it's amazing. I, you know, if I had to pay full retail for something like that, you know, I don't know if they would have been probably $1,500 each. I mean, they were just like over the top flame job skulls. I mean, you know, cool stuff. Cool. But uh, I've always wanted to have the availability, not necessarily the paint side, but to customize stuff for me. Yep. And I just, I, I just, I, I love it. I mean, it's just, it's so much fun. Yep. I had a local yep. gun shop that I work with um, and he, uh, for an employee recognition event, had two ARs. Uh, one was a Wilson combat and the other one was, oh, I can't remember what the name of it was. But anyway, he said, hey, we want uh, two Battle of Warren kind of flag. Sent me a picture. Can you do that? I'm like, yeah, man, never done one before, but I'm sure I can do it. And I made them so they complemented each other. So the flags were exact complements of each other. So they looked like they went together, but they had a different vibe all together. And when the owner came and picked him up, he cried like a little girl. Said it was the nicest thing he ever saw. Well, that's I, that part of it. And you know, certainly there's a financial side to it, sure. but I love yeah. that custom side. I mean, I had a guy reach out to me that I've known for a couple of years. Um, he said, "Hey, I I want to do something. You know, it's what the eighth of December, or yeah." And he 
reached out to me on Friday and he says, brother, I, I, you know, I got a vision for something and, you know, I'm not sure if I can get it done. So what do you got? So I got a Glock 26. I was like, yeah, that's cool. He says, uh, you know, I want to do something special. I said, okay. And what do you want to do? He says, I want to laser engrave a Harry Potter theme on the gun. I'm like, oh, I loved that. I loved that. Did did you see it? I saw it. I'm a Harry Potter nerd. I was going to ask what that costs. I don't want to know probably, but oh my God. (laughs) So, so, so yeah. So he's like, this for his future daughter-in-law, his son's getting married. He's like, brother, can you help me out? Help me out. I said, bring that thing over here and let's see what we can do. And so it was a cool experience for him because, you know, I had the artwork prepared ahead of time. I'm like, so where do you want it on here? And so it was kind of like, uh, <laughs> I almost said something inappropriate. That would have been funny, but I brought him into the shop and we, you know, lace and greater. So he was part of the project. Like, Holy cow. And then I've got my own custom line of, uh, colors. That's another long story. So I've got 24 unique colors. The only place you can get them is through me, but I wanted something custom and something different. So somebody, you know, it's not like the same basic red or anything like that. Got to have a unique selling factor when it comes to. That's right. Like, like that gun, um, he wanted a green. And so I've got, um, these swatches here. They're actually like electrical covers for outlets that I painted <laughs> so people could see them. It's like, so I've got, uh, so I had those here and then I've got a gun hanging on the rack right now. It's a, um, tandem cross makes a 2245 lower for the Mark four. It's called a Kraken. And so I painted it green. He walked in. He's like, I want to look at any of that other shit. What color is that? You know? Yeah. It, hang on. I'll go grab it. It's still here. Hang on. Okay. <laughs> For those on video, you get the extra benefit of what he's going to show here. <laughs> I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm back. I'm back. It's tough to see, but this is, the, uh, this is one of my unique colors called Sinister Green. So this is a two-piece lower. The rest of it's over there. And so, um, anyway, so he got, he's like, whatever that is, I'm getting it. So, um, (laughs) so he's here. I'm like, all right, you know, it's going to take a minute. have to prep it before you paint it and all that stuff. And it's an air cure to get some of the funky colors. And I said, you know, come on back before he leaves. He's like, Hey man, I'm like, what? He's like, dude, can you, uh, can you stipple this thing? I'm like, stipple what thing? He's like this grip. I was like, Man, I've I've lasered tons of stuff in every every medium media that you work with, whether it's you know if it's aluminum or brass or steel or you know all polymers are not the same. It's it's there's there's various settings and there's no like at least for me maybe you know if you spent fifty thousand dollars on a laser you get some of that, but you know a lot of it's trial and error. So I told him I said, look, I've got to trace this. I got to find the design. He says, well, I want the sandpaper and blah blah blah. And I want to take out just the 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 uh, the raised portion of the grip. I'm like, oh my god! Oh, I thought we were just like graving something. And now we're, and so I was like, all right, brother. I, you know, he's like, oh, it means so much to him. I'm like, okay. So, so I was out here, um, you know, painted. I sent him pictures. Like, man, don't you think this thing looks good by itself? He's like, man, so you gonna you gonna stipple that thing or not? I was like, oh, I was thinking he was gonna forget. He's gonna get blinded by how how nice the frame looked. Mm-hmm. So and make a long story short, I did some research and found this like cool stipple pattern that's like sandpaper. And I, I, I mean, I was out here for a couple hours just <laughs> testing different polymers, knowing that, you know, Glock has like one polymer. Yeah. Um, and it's very unique. So nothing's the same. So did tons of research, started slow and low. 
went two passes. I mean, I called my dad. He moved here from South Carolina. He's waiting to close on the house, so he's living in my basement. I called him out there. I was like, dude, come here. You got to check out this. I mean, it's just like, he's like, holy cow. That's not exactly what he said. He's like, holy cow, holy cow. He's like, that's like 80-grit sandpaper. I said, I, <laughs> yeah, it was it was crazy. I'm like, let's not screw this up. And uh, I wasn't here. Uh, I wasn't here today. You know, my dad gave him the gun this morning and uh, for the frame and and whatever. And he called me. He was just I can't tell you what text message he sent me ahead of time. But to have somebody that stoked about something custom, that's that that means a lot to me. And that's what drives me because I know what it's like when I get custom stuff that nobody else has. That somebody spent the time and attention to be that considered or thoughtful. Um, yeah, I. I know there's a financial component, but I just love that side of it. It's well, and it's a like a family heirloom at that point, or it's something you're gonna craft sure. down, or it's something that you'll never forget. I know, not custom, but like there's a firearm that my uncle gave my dad that I'm older, so it should be mine. My brother and I both want because it was <laughs> sentimental, right? Yep. Like there's 700 other firearms, bro. Like pick something else. I'm I'm the oldest, but yeah, like I have a um a Glock that says that has the Star Trek right on top okay, okay. So, I, I can do that but go I, yeah it's get, all get this your is way back when though so. yeah get get you oh yeah like what two years ago <laughs> get your nerd on it's okay it's all right We're very far in star trek but on one side of the slide it says live long the other side or not <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, yeah my a friend of mine colby pavlock which is a world champion cheer he's he's awesome yeah, him and I were talking about laser graving. I think it was the last world speech you. And Colby, I'm going to mimic your gun. He's got a Glock and full quartz. And well, I won't tell. Oh, I just said that part of the story. Maybe they were using equipment after hours. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. But he he engraved on his carry gun. Better run, bitch. I think that's awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Yeah, I so think that will happen. be a good day. <laughs> Yeah, I've got a I've got a hallway clear that I just did. That was pretty cool. I put was it Psalm twenty three four on it, so that was that's pretty cool. I was gonna do the you better run thing, but I decided not to. For now, for now, that might for now. yeah. For now, now I'm a you know you've probably seen my rifle. It has a stormtrooper in I guess lasered on it, but yep. And mine's white yeah. hair, but yours is cooler. So you got to show off what you did. Yeah. So this is. Um, this is a lead star. Um, this is a lead star uh, AR. It's a pistol. Oh yeah, you didn't see my little magazine, did, did you? It's oh, got no. the stormtrooper on it. Yeah, the engraved story. <laughs> yeah. Is that cool? It's so, so it's kind of like a paisley look to it. It's pretty yeah. bad news. Of course, my logo's at the top, but you can't see it with the magazine. But yeah, this is uh, this is my. Um, I'm not sure if I'll ever sell this gun. Yeah. But this is my yeah. first. Uh, first uh star wars one i don't know if you could read it, it says property of the empire on it i love it so much yeah but uh, worn. yeah in the in the in the cool part is really the uh, the dust cover mm -hmm. it's got the fn number of the guy from the movie on it That's and cool. it's and it and it's pretty trick because the the lasering on it's kind of tough to see but it's actually got a rainbow color on it, so it takes a little practice to, to get that down. But yeah, it's kind of a bad news battle worn at the at the muzzle here. It's pretty. It's kind of black, and then it kind of fades, and it's 
it's a white gray black yeah it's 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 pretty cool spent a lot of time and effort kind of trying some trick things on this but yeah it's a it's a it's a cool gun i i like it my dust cover or dust yeah cover says uh blast him <laughs> i like it i like it Oh, you and I are on the same level of nerd, fun, yeah, custom, so. Mm-hmm. I, I won't tell you what the first inappropriate thing was I laser engraved. In case oh, you, you can't know. do that. You can't. I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you. You're going to send me a picture okay. of it after. We won't talk about it on the live. <laughs> no, I, I can tell you. It's pretty funny. So my buddy, Kurt Grimes, him and his uh, wife, uh, they came out with Brian Porter. I was a world speech. Who, what was it? Last year, I think it was. And so they made a stop over here. And uh, so Kurt's, all of Kurt's guns, and I think it's his iron sight rimfire rifle. I mean, he's got like, he calls it the steel slayer. And it's got skulls and kind of like slayer font on it. I mean, it's like bad news. I'm like, uh, dude, you can't leave here without, you know, getting something engraved. He's like, I don't have anything I want engraved to you. I said, no, 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 get a gun and we're going to engrave it. He's like, no, no, no. I said, no, no, you don't understand. I said, Kurt, do you trust me? He goes, F no. I said, yeah. Brian, go get pick a gun. So she comes out with his uh with his rifle. And so what we did is this is still a G-rated show. So <laughs> I can't believe I'm telling you this story. Great. So we took his gun, flipped it upside down where the magazine goes in. So it's the top of the receiver. And I did a laser engraving of uh, a small farm yard animal it's chicken or also commonly called a so now he unloads and shows true story i love this that makes true story. Yep. and he uses it still right oh yeah good oh no he he was like a little kid in a store <laughs> in a store he's just like hey i'm unloading show look at that you see that right there oh, you know it. it's clear when you see the oh yeah so my buddy, I'm borrowing his PCC, or I was, so I have it. And he's like, oh, I like your Stormtrooper. Don't, or feel free to give me back my PCC Cerakote. I was like, dude, if I gave you back your PCC Cerakote, it would come back with something engraved, something messed up. Like, I'm not undoing that. <laughs> Can't trust me. Send it over. I'm sure we can do something creative. <laughs> he would, I don't know if he's actually serious or not. Like, I don't, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I haven't had too many requests to do inappropriate things, but I've done a couple, and that was my first, and I've got pictures of the other. I, no, I can't show you that. No, no keep it moving. Next, what's, yep. what else we yep. got to talk about? Uh, yeah, just, I guess towards the end of this, uh, like, heavier questions here is kind of like, what do you think the future of the shooting sports look like, even in political landscape or ammunition situation and just in general? You know, I think uh, I think uh, most of the people listening to this podcast are probably Republican. I would kind of going out on a limb there, um, but I think that I think it's taken some of the tough times to uh, to reveal what will be bright times. I mean, you know, with with the last administration, you know, with with Obama, uh, you know, with the Obama era and then uh, the Biden era. I mean, there has not been better gun salespeople in the United States than uh, those two clowns. I mean, those two guys. And so I think what's happened is it's it's opened up a lot of exposure to the shooting sports and at least firearm ownership because of that. I mean, I, there's a lot of people out there that just bought a gun and I, I think they need to do, um, you know, to get some level of training before they 
before they use it. Um, so, so I think that, I think that we're going to be okay, or at least I would like to, um, think that we're okay. But, um, I think the shooting sports overall, we need to be careful about how we go about it. I think that steel challenge is a good entry level sport and, you know, there's, there's a level of difficulty for everyone. I think that Rimfire Challenge um, was popular, and you know I'm not sure exactly what's going on with the current organization, where all that organization's heading. I know that it was, you know, on that side of the wall down there. There's a lot of plaques from Rimfire Challenge matches from years and years ago, um, and now there's, you know, I've shot two Rimfire Challenge matches in three years, whereas the first two years, I think I shot 12 major matches or so. Um, but I, I guess that's why, you know, Larry and I made a decision for me to go up and support metal madness. And there's other companies like tandem cross and some other companies getting involved with metal madness because it's a sit there and point and shoot kind of have a good time. It's really entry level. So I think as a shooting sport, as a whole, as a community, we need to make sure that there's options available for people that may not be as experienced or be familiar with guns and, in order to get people hooked as much as we're hooked into the shooting sport. Because I think if we don't do that, I think we're going to run into some serious opportunities. And, you know, it's, uh, uh, there's been one or two members of my wife's family that are Democrats and they've come over for Thanksgiving and they all go shooting. And some of the, I mean, you know, they don't remember the food. They don't remember the pie. They don't remember that. They remember that hell of a good time that they had out at the range shooting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe they won't ever pick up a gun again, but I think it just gives a whole different perspective and a whole different narrative to the conversation. You know, there's not a bunch of, there are some tactical Timmies out there and all that. I get that, but there's a lot of people that are professionals, doctors, lawyers that are making six figure income. They love to shoot, especially mm -hmm. let me go back to my shotgun experience. That's probably the first time I was like, oh, yeah, somebody spent eighty five thousand dollars on what? Yep. You know, yep. with my current company, I had an opportunity to go to New York City and visit uh, Holland and Holland, North America. I don't know if it was like 13th floor, but I'd never seen a gun that was two hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. But I saw a room full of them. It's so, so, cool. <laughs> so I, I think that, you know, it's it's who's our audience and how welcoming and how do we bring people into the sport that's i think that's that's going to be key for us for sure yeah as we i like that uh and the other thing i want to ask too is you know if, if parents i don't, don't want to say too busy but if parents struggle to get kids to the range or to take them to matches right is is there any other thing that they can do to still get the kids to matches or to ranges or whatever I think emancipate yourself and find some parents that love you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Am I that, that's tough. I think that there's some um, entry level, like 4-H type stuff with bows and um, SASP leagues popping up all over. So I, I think that's where I would start. Um, hopefully this metal madness thing grows around the country because it's not overly expensive. It's not a huge round count. And it's uh, it's meant for entry level people to to get people rolling, and I think that you know talking with Ed, he's got a vision of, and I've got a set coming sometime where it's going to be airsoft and stuff like that. So you can do those kind of things without shooting a live round and right. uh, build up some of those uh, you know necessary skills for safety and those and those kind of things. 
So I, I, I think I would lean towards maybe the airsoft side or get involved in the 4-H, maybe SASP, because um, SASP is real. I mean, the last couple of years is blowing up. I think Rick Leach was our fourth interview when Jeff and I started the Steel Target Paint podcast. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just like, man, we had that guy on the podcast. He's running a huge organization right now. So that's <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, I actually started with that at Florida State University. So that's how I got into all oh, the yeah. things. Yep. There you go. That one little one little thing changed the entire trajectory of my life. Yep. And I know we work with uh, Kelly Perez down at yep. Florida State, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Kelly's yep. a sweetheart, and she's got a lot of passion towards it. I, I don't even know. She's got like 185 people on their team. I don't know. It's like 60 or 80 or something like that. Yep. But as people, and that's where it needs to start. And in, in we need to do a better job as a as a community to find ways to support those kind of things. And, you know, it's it's not, you know, people are out there chasing what they can and all that kind of stuff, you know, in terms of titles and blah, blah, blah. You know, look, at the end of the day, how many people really work for a company that make a six-figure income shooting? I don't know. I could probably name them on one hand, you know. Yeah. It's, it's and I've been, you know, I've worked extremely hard in my life to get where I'm at, you know, so I don't need that type of income. But, um, you know, it's how do we, what decisions do we make, you know, and then once you get them there, that's where I'm a strong proponent of is how do we treat people when they're at, at the range, you know, it's warm and welcoming. And, you know, there's a, a youngster out in, uh, out at the world rimfire match and he's like, Oh, you're Steve Foster. I'm like, yeah, so, you know, he's like, Oh, can I touch you? I'm like, no, Cause no. you need a bigger head than you already have. <laughs> oh, I know. Right. I could barely put this hat on. So, uh, so he's uh, he's now my first sponsored shooter, oh, that's like awesome. formal wow. sponsored shooter. So, but um, you know, we do a lot of things, um, whether it's part of the team or individually, that I don't talk about in terms of you know supporting the sport. And I, I think that everybody's financial situation is a little bit different. Um, but I believe you know instead of spending a little bit money on this or spend a little bit of money on that, you know, find somebody that may may need something and and take care of them in a way that uh, they never thought they, they could ever afford or expect. And uh, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of that in the community that people don't know about. And I think we need to do a better job of perpetuating that in the community for sure. Love it. Love it. Well, and for you, so what's next for Steve Foster and what are your 2022 goals? That's uh, that's an interesting uh, question. Um, I had a goal you know, early on, you know, I wanted to become a grandmaster and, you know, now I'm a sixth division grandmaster. My next goal that I set, I think it was in 2017 is, um, I wanted to win, um, a hundred major, uh, titles. So I got to go check. And I think in Florida, I reached that goal. And so to me, I, I, it's just like, holy cow, you know, that's, that's pretty big for me. But I would say in the last couple two years or two and a half years, I've shifted a little bit more of my focus. So don't get me wrong. I still love winning, you know, <laughs> spending thousands of dollars for that $5 plaque up there, but I really love passing on knowledge and helping out the sport. I mean, it's, I'll tell you one story. There was uh, somebody in the shooting community that, that, um, their father's, um, place burnt down where they had, you know, a couple, couple hundred thousand dollars of guns and you know i didn't know the the kid necessarily and i'll just kind of give it more generic because you know my my what i'm sharing with you is something that i don't want them to feel some kind of way but 
Um, there's a couple of dads because there's a strong dad network in Steel Challenge and SASP and on Fire Challenge. <laughs> and uh, they reached out and I did know who the dad was and said, you know, hey, what are we going to do and blah, blah, blah. So there was a handful of dads that got together and bought them a rifle and a chassis and sent it to me and laser engraved it with his name and had a prototype type paint on it that changes color in the heat and stuff like that. And, you know, got him a red dot, you know, like a full blown setup that, you know, here's a, I don't even know, probably a gun that's worth $2,000 and the kid just like got it for free. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it's not about the recognition because, like you said, my head's big enough. But it's, <laughs> but it's one of those situations though that how do you how do you, get, you know, I mean that that was a devastating event to somebody in in their life, and that could have been the last time they ever shot a gun. Yeah. And here yeah. you got people in the community like, no, no, here you here you go, you know, <laughs> you know. Again, I don't share that with you because you know, look at the great things that yeah. you know we did or I did or whatever. I enjoy those kind of things and I try not to talk about them, but I think that's, I'd like to continue to do that. And I think through my business, I've been able to offer a whole different level of cool for, for some kids. You know, I've done a lot of stuff for a lot of kids, which I, which I really enjoy. I've done a lot for some not so little kids, um, in the shooting sport, but, um, that's why I think the next part of my shooting career is really focused towards training. Um, last year I did probably too much training <laughs> leading up to world speed shoot. I think seven out of eight weeks leading up to it. I had, you know, seven, seven groups out of state doing training. I'm like, Oh, that's a lot. But I really enjoy the training. I love being an ambassador. I love to be an advocate for the second amendment. And, you know, and I told my wife six, seven years ago, when uh, when I started this, the moment this stops being fun, I'm done. And right now, heck, I think I'm having the time of my life. So yeah. you know, and, it, and I really enjoy that. And it's and it's certainly about you know life balance and making sure that you know you still make the big rocks the important things in your life. But uh, you know, I I really really enjoy enjoy what I'm doing. So yeah, I'm not done yet <laughs> the issue is man some of these kids are just so dang fast um so the world records i'd said are all you know now gone and stuff like that but now i got something left in the tank for them so so yeah they're gonna i may not catch them but they're gonna see this guy just like <laughs> billy and all running after him so now I, I i enjoy that kind of thing but anything i can do to help out you know fellow shooters in the sport and help you know make not make some of the same mistakes that I did and stuff like that. I, I think that's the, that's the next chapter. And I'll, uh, I'll focus a little bit more, hopefully on 2022 and picking up, you know, maybe single stack, maybe carry optics, um, become a grandmaster in that to continue to push myself and grow and develop, maybe shoot my revolver a little bit more and have, and have a good time. So yeah, it's uh, I've been fortunate work with some fantastic companies. Um, Larry Joe Steely Jr. And still target pain is, have been a, a great family for me and Brian with Hunter's HG gold and a lot of the folks, um, you know, chat whistle with CWA. It's, it's not, I wouldn't say it's a business relationship anymore. I'm not sure if it ever was. It's more about, you know, friendship and how can we partner and get feedback and ideas and sell some product and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, one last thing about that, you know, that you put in your post earlier was, 
you know, it's not about what, what they're going to do for you and get a bunch of free crap. It's, you know, what can you do for them? And, you know, cause there's a, unfortunately what's happened. And I learned this after my first shot show or, and then the NRA show that I first went to it's been a shot show. I don't know, three times, something like that, but it's, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of companies that are pretty jaded because there's a lot of people that get a, get a bunch of free stuff and do nothing. Yeah. I mean, like absolutely nothing. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's reasons that I've got strong relationships with some very, very good companies. And it's, uh, I sell a lot of product for a lot of people and I'm yeah. proud of that, but it's, but don't line yourself up with a company that you don't support or believe in. Cause it's easy when I'm talking about CWA or steel target yeah. hunters, yeah. AC gold or JP or Ely. It's easy to talk about those things because they are the best. I mean, it's, it's easy to, it's easy to sell and it's, it's easy to get behind, you know, PNR ammo. I mean, it's like, here, put this in the JP and you tell me, I mean, there's not a certain <laughs> person that goes, Oh, that sucks. Everybody's always giggling. Like, how much is that again? Yeah. So uh, I've been pretty fortunate along those lines, but that's, I think that's going to continue to, uh, to evolve and we'll see what happens with uh, Creekside custom. And I'm almost as busy as I really want to be right now, <laughs> but uh, we'll see what that looks like another year to two years or so. Love this. Well said. Um, that's like the perfect way to kind of end this. Um, any other final thoughts? I'll stop. <laughs> I'm blushing. <laughs> any other final thoughts you have to leave people listening? No, just, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on the show. And if uh, there's anything I could do to the community, you know, there's been a lot of stuff going on with USPSA and Steel Challenge. <laughs> been around Steel Challenge through the growth period. So if you've got any questions or want opinions about that, um, reach out to me on social media. Um, if I could do anything to help you out, let me know. Uh, we talk a lot about it on the Steel Target Paint podcast. Things going on. We got people that are running for president on Steel Target Steel Target Paint podcast. You know, hopefully. Uh, We'll give them a different slant of opinions and that kind of thing. Cool. But again, you know, I'd also say some of the top shooters in the game, whether it's USPSA, Steel Challenge, or whatever, got any questions, reach out to them. You know, not everybody's that approachable, but most of us, no, we're just laid back people. We uh, we enjoy interacting with people and building lifelong friendships. So uh, thanks again for having me on. I appreciate our time. Yeah, I love this. This went really fast. <laughs> it's always. It did fun. go by quick. Yeah. It did go by quick. <laughs> Oh, and oh, how people, how do people find you on social media? So what are your million handles? Go ahead and do Steel Target Paint and the podcast and Creekside <laughs> and Steve Foster. And then That's... what's your website? <laughs> so I've got, uh, I've got three websites. Uh, SteveFosterShooting.com is my way, main website that I um, updated a, a blog with. I've, I've transitioned away from a little bit of blogs. I've been writing very consistently articles for USPSA magazine. So that's been cool. Um, but Steve Foster shooting sports.com. That's, uh, my Ely site where you can go out and buy Ely ammunition or reach out to me on Creekside custom lasering.com. And then, uh, you know, you'll see me at foster shooting or at Creekside custom lasering. Yep. Love it. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. All right. Check them out. And if you ever want to hear the llama story and just ask Steve, next time <laughs> that's what we're going to leave folks with <laughs> <laughs> mic drop. all right listeners thanks for tuning in to another episode of the radical podcast and stay tuned for the next one thanks for listening to the radical podcast be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on youtube follow along on social media at radical up or three gun kenzie